Welcome back to Podding Ain't Easy, and welcome back to our review of Ahsoka right here, Chapter 4, Fallen Jedi. I am one of your hosts, Scott McLeod, and joining me, as always, he is the Ahsoka to my Sabine Wren. I'm sure we've done that comparison already, but I was only found out I was hosting this two seconds ago, so fuck it, deal with it. He's Carl Pierce. Solo Carl. Hello. And joining us after we forgot to include him last week when we forgot he wanted to be on and now we're trying to be very very sorry to him he is the Hugh Yang to our little equation he is uh, Reese Saunders I mean I take that I like that I, I like you <laughs> he is great he is great actually he is great I mean I was going to say I'd be your Anakin to your Ahsoka and Sabine but you know your overlord <laughs> yeah so you're probably wondering here in us three. No, this is not an episode of I mean, This is indeed podding ain't easy. But Reese is here to join us for Ahsoka as he's as he was as hyped for this show to debut as uh, both of us were. But Reese, we did kind of make a bit of a, a few jokes about some of your comments uh, for the first two episodes. We read them out on the show. We, we may have been a bit petty when we kept bringing up the point about the lightsaber fighting. But we've, you've had three episodes before this one, and I think we all have a similar opinion about this fourth episode. But Give people a little insight and a bit more depth from your side. What did you think of the first three episodes? Um, right, so um, first two, I think for the casual fan, if you've not watched Rebels, you would have been completely lost mm-hmm. uh, because there was all these characters and there was that mural, there's all this, uh, who's this Sabine woman, yada, yada, yada. I will say this to you, I'm not a big fan of Rebels. So that's why I was, I was a bit, uh, who are these people? Um, also, the lightsaber battle. Disney have really dumbed down lightsabers. I mean, you look at it. A stab through the chest with a lightsaber should kill you. It is a laser, a very hot laser being put through your skin. You should die. But, but no, they seem to shake it off. Um, and I just thought the lightsaber battles were a bit clunky. That was episode one and two. Episode three was fantastic. I liked episode three. I think it was the pacing was good, but this episode is the best one they've done so far. Mm. Yeah, Carl, I think we had a world chat and a good chat before us. I think we all agreed that this is probably the best one so far. And it does feel like what we were saying like last week, that things are really starting to ramp up now that we're at the midpoint of the series. Yeah, definitely. 100%. This is the the best episode and um i would have said personally my least favorite episode is episode three the one before this um not that i hate the episode i just i call the others a bit better mm-hmm. yeah so varying opinions going around here I, I get where you're coming from with your points especially about the first two episodes i like rebels like there's a lot of stuff to like about that show although i've, I've always preferred clone wars of the two shows and I understand what, you, what you're saying about the about the references uh, could be a bit much. Firstly, I disagree about the lightsaber fights, especially on this one. I even made the point in their review of the first two episodes that I felt like the way they structured the fight between Shin and Sabine here 
is more like what the Kylo Ren Ray fight should have been in episode seven, and that one of them is never is not properly trained, and as as opposed to what Ray picks up a lightsaber for the first time, I can automatically beat the guy who was persistent in the trailers as a new Darth Vader. Yes, but Ray is Goku. Ray can do anything. She is the best thing that's ever happened to Star Wars. She is. Oh, I kind of, I kind of lie about it. It's fucking pathetic. <laughs> I was about to so say, you, what has happened to the real race? Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's, 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 I, I get where you're coming from with it. The fact that yes, I agree with that. Should have been the battle. The fact that one, obviously, being a more dominant force user and mm-hmm. is skilled in lightsaber combat. Yeah, she should dominate. But I think it was just. I don't know what it is. I think it's just, as I said, Disney really dumbed them down. Just to mm-hmm. make it believe of the fact that Qui Gon got stabbed through uh, the stabbed through the chest and he died, Re- and Reva got stabbed through the chest. She survived, and Sabine got stabbed through the chest and she survived. Makes no sense. Well, it wasn't actually her chest, though, was it? It was more uh, sort of stomach, stomach area. And if you missed it, yeah, maybe you missed any vital, uh, you know, any vital organs or whatever. Who knows? It is a hot sword of, it's a hot laser sword, Carl. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get one and I'm going to stab you with one to see if you survive. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't actually exist, do they? No, they do. There's a man who made one. Oh, yeah, yeah well, I have seen this channel where this guy tries to make lightsaber things but yeah you know what I mean you can't, you can't actually go out and buy a working one kill someone with it not yet anyway oh I can't wait for that day <laughs> <laughs> well we're never clearly never going to get uh, to the same page on this one here but I just wanted to get those opinions out there just to all we all stand on the series going to it I didn't mind yep. last week's episode and I really think it benefited this episode. I had an idea my, when we were chatting about it last week and that episode three gave us a lot more of the back and forth and the dynamic between Sabine and Ahsoka and further establishing what they'd been up to and what their relationship had been like before. But also, I think it set a lot of the groundwork for this episode so that when this episode started, they didn't need to piss about. They just went straight, they really went straight into the action beats of this episode and the kind of tension of trying to stop them from opening up the the hyperspace bridge because like we said we're at the halfway point of the season and this one wasn't even that long like if you click credits this episode was only mm. about 40 minutes long well, this is my point i think you i mean i've done nothing against episode three at all just because it's mm-hmm. my least favorite doesn't mean i don't like it yeah, yeah. but I, I think you could have put three and four together to make one episode to be yeah. honest i mean if you yeah. release them together like you did the first two episodes, it would have easily mm. flowed together. I, I do agree with you there. No, I agree. I think, I think, I think Carl, you said it in the in the uh, in the group chat. I think this is a show that you can binge all in one. So I think that's what it's designed for. Obviously, when it all comes out, I will watch it all in one. I reckon it'll flow better, as uh, as mm. you said. Because I did that with the I did that with Mandalorian. I went. For, I think with season three, I waited for all of it to come out, and then I watched it all again, mm. and. Yeah, it, it was a lot better than watching it individually because I wasn't taking out the story. Same with Boba Fett as well. Yeah, I did it with um, the Obi-Wan one as well. I watched that all in, yeah. in one big go. <laughs> oh, I, I think when you get to watch episodes back-to-back, sometimes it's easier for you to get into it than the... So some episode series are designed to be binged in one, some are designed to be or better viewed like week-to-week, like 
I didn't mind Loki when it first came out, but when we and Carl did the review of it after I'd already seen it, I went back and watched it, but I watched it more back to back rounds of episodes. Yeah. And I think the second time around, I enjoyed it a lot more. Yes, I did that with I did that with Wonder Vision as well. I rewatched Wonder Vision. Mm-hmm. I find that more better. I find it better. Obviously, watching it all in one sitting, you know, watching watch it each week, and I think this most all TV shows are like that. They're designed to be watched all in one. I mean, you're looking at. I did Game of Thrones. I did all eight seasons in. I think I watched two a day with my brother. We watched we watched it every day consecutively, and it was so much better than watching it each week. And then we went to season eight, and I started crying again because I was shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we also like about these shows. Like I think they do it with Mandalorian as well, but it's good. they just give you like chapters for the Disney Plus description, and then you go into it and you find out the title. So I, I, this is very fresh for me because I watched it. Uh, during my lunch break when I was in work I downloaded it on my phone to watch and it came up Fallen Jedi as the title that really you know, it picked up my interest Yeah, it's a good title isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I was uh, I was waiting for something and it happened when mm-hmm. I saw the title I was there going is this the one? and yeah it was you mentioned, as I did last week, yeah, but I've started taking a lot more note of the directors of these episodes because I've noticed like, some patterns when these happen. This episode was directed by Peter Ramsey, who, given this was this is basically adapting some stuff from animation like in Rebels, Peter Ramsey is a very well-known director in the world of animation. He was one of the co-directors of uh, the first Spider-Verse film and stuff like that. So, very capable hands uh, this episode was in, but picks up literally where we left off, where they're on the on the planet where the space bridge is kind of being, our space bridge is kind of being prepared after the the space fight in the last episode. They're trying to prepare the ship while also remaining hidden from Balin and his basically his goons who have been up and sent to the forest to look for them. And Ahsoka brings up a point with the idea of like if they can't figure out how to open access the map, but they but the enemies can, they may have to destroy it and risk never being able to find Ezra, which really. Like I said, the way they cram a lot of stuff in, Carl, they really set up again a conflict that happens with Sabine later on, which he could have easily destroyed it, but chose not to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of knew as soon as you said that, as Sabine gets a chance, she's she's not going to destroy it because she wants to find Ezra so badly. But yeah, and you can understand you can understand the point of view and, and why she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Why is a whiny git? <laughs> Well, some women are into that. Clearly. Oh, well, I'll be with Beth for two years, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? It works. But also, like, Ahsoka was trying to give her, you know, a talk about the idea of attachments and everything. Because I think a big theme of the prequels was the idea of Jedis were told really not to form attachments. Yeah. And that was being a big theme with Anakin and his attempt to Padme is helped him easily or manipulated towards the dark side. I think that's something Ahsoka's trying to warn Sabine about, about her attachment to to Ezra. But then, I get that, but at the same time, though, Sabine isn't... She clearly isn't force-sensitive, is she? I'm not, no. I said, I'm not, I'm not being a Rebels. Did she ever show um, signs of having the Force during Rebels? No, no, well, outwardly, no, but she did. Not as far trained. as I know. 
he was trained by Kanan briefly to to wield the dark saber. So he taught her, like, so gave her some training with the lightsaber and everything. And then she gave the the dark saber to Bo-Katan, and we know how that went. So useless, yes. Yeah, I think <laughs> but I think it's an interesting kind of idea because like you got Hugh Yang giving no fucks and basically telling her, yeah, you're one of the worst Padawans I've ever seen. But I like the idea that seeing somebody struggle, someone who doesn't have the same natural attitude for the Force as other like Jedi's or people who are being trained, as we've seen before, and have someone show general signs of like struggling with being a Jedi, because it seems to come far too easily for some bad ones, even across the different mediums that we've seen. But as we, but as we sort of see in, in this this episode, where she can sort of combine what she can do with the lightsaber with her Mandalorian skills, she she's quite a formidable opponent. Yeah, I think she's trying to stick to her own kind of strengths. So then this conversation, you've got Hugh Yang on the outside, and it just feels like a scene from a horror film. The one character goes yeah. on their own, and somebody's <laughs> creeping around the woods and everything. So Marek and Shin like go with these trips to find them. And Hugh Yang, I love the point he's saying, help, help, and the fucking droid covers his mouth, and he's yeah. like, help, help. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Hugh Yang. I, do, I think I think he's I think he's probably one that the, the leading lights of this series. Um, as I said, he's very blunt. Doesn't give no shits. Obviously, everybody says speed. Uh, you know, not not just one of the. She's the worst Padawan he's ever seen <laughs> in five hundred years of training uh, Padawans. And I do like the fact that he they 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 cut no Ahsoka cottoned on to when he cuts off the power. That there was danger. Mm. Yeah. yeah. She immediately has our lightsabers at the ready. And I, like, I, I vaguely remembered them from animation, but I didn't really, like, it wasn't one of the things I was looking forward to. Like, oh, yes, Hu Yang in live action wasn't one of the things I was looking forward to most of it. But I agree with you. He, he's providing some of the best highlights of the these episodes so far. But they quickly come to the defense of the defense of uh, Hugh Yang taking out these droids quite easily with their, their they're working together finally. I do like the kind of conflict contrast here with uh, the relationship between Sabine and Ahsoka compared to Shin and Balin, and that uh, I think they're clearly more cohesive in that you know before they they go to meet them, uh, Shin says like oh the droids won't hold them off for long and Balin just goes but you will, having faith in his apprentice and Marek to kind of distract them. Whereas earlier on Ahsoka even outwardly said to Sabine can I count on you. Yeah, I, I do like that. The fact is that he's a well, I mean, a well gelled unit are uh, a Balin and, and Shin, whereas there's still fractures between um, Sabine and Ahsoka, and mm-hmm. um, just carry on with when they defeat the droids, and even um, Hugh Yang tells them they're better together. Yeah, he tells them to stick together. When they stick together, they do well, and it, when they separate, it's when it all goes to shit. Yeah. So which they proved they're wrong. He's like, you were told one thing, stay together, and what did you do? You didn't stick together. It's just women for you in general. Just don't listen to that to men. Do you think do you think Shim <laughs> would would have been Bala's a Padawan when he was still a Jedi, or is she someone he's picked up uh, along the way after the Jedi Order fell? Uh, I think sorry, go on, Reese. No, no, I was I, I was thinking she looks too young. 
to have been like, oh, she was there during the Padawan thing, like when the Jedi Temple fell. Well, they so are maybe. brought there quite young, though, aren't they? And uh, how how long is this supposed to be after the 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 original trilogy? Is it five years or so? Is it? Yeah, we, is it? No, how long was the How long was the Empire in power for? Twenty years, something like that. Because I think the first, the like Kenobi set ten years after Revenge of Sith, and apparently the first season of Rebels is fifteen years after it. So at least twenty or so years. Because then the sequel trilogy takes place thirty years after uh, Return of the Jedi. So I think they said when when Mando started, it was somewhere between five or eight years uh, after that. So. It's almost a decade. If you add like the time from the last couple of seasons of Mando, then plus this, it's coming up on a decade since the Empire was originally thwarted. So she, but she doesn't. Yeah, she might. She she might. She might be too young. I'm not your say. So unless, unless the Balin found her, you know, and um, figured out she was force sensitive, and he's just taken her, and he's trained her in that way, or. See that that would be a nice thing to have. See, we a backstory on Shin if we if we do get that, how we found her and what what they've been doing as well for the, the ten years. Yeah. Plus, you got a thing where Hugh Yang easily identified Balin's lightsaber when they were looking at the but when he looked at her, he couldn't. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't. Could so perhaps, yeah. So perhaps she is someone he sort of found uh, found along the way, so to speak. But she, I think, she seems a bit darker than Balin, doesn't doesn't she? Because she, as we. To, as she was skipping to the end, she was more willing to to kill Sabine than he was. She looks unhinged. I think basically she's mm. just. I don't think she's. I mean, look at Balan. Balan is a, a, a perfect, perfect type. He is a fallen Jedi, whereas mm. Shin probably has just been trained in the dark side her entire time. Quite possibly, yeah. Mm. And plus, like, even though she was far better than Sabine uh, with the lightsaber. Like the way she still thrashes the lights here, which is still like it's always a sign of the younger Jedi, like a lot more emotional, a lot more impulsive, you know, just throwing strikes. Whereas Balin, you see in his Julia Soka, the two more seasoned Jedi taking their time before they make their before they made mm-hmm. their moves, and everything. So clearly, it's, I think it's very much an experience thing. I think also Shim probably thought when Balin was trying to convince Sabine he'd basically do what he wanted, that he may assume like most of the audience probably assumed that it was some sort of it was some sort of trick. Yeah. Uh, small plot here of uh, of Hera basically deciding to fuck what the council said last last episode. I'm just going to take a squadron of fighters and just go help them anyway. Yeah. By the way, just talk about Hera. Yeah, the director of this show knows what he's doing. By the way, because <laughs> there, was a lot, there was a lot more back shots of her than there is front shots. Okay. <laughs> No idea what you're talking about. I am sorry. I have seen her bottom more than I have many people's. <laughs> and it's, 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 he knows what he's doing. He's a dirty, dirty man. And well, gar- perhaps, perhaps you and McGregor was doing second unit for this episode. <laughs> of but no, that because like, I I do like the fact that she's. She's going against um, what she was told. Also, as well, again, calling me stupid. Is that kind of Jarrus's son? Yes, it is cool. So, j- j- another question: Why isn't he green with things coming off his head? Well, he, well he's gre- he's got green hair, but I don't know if they ever assumed he'd be in animations. Is it be in live action? Because they had him in animation, looking pretty much like this. And I think, well, we can't really change his look now. 
because this is very much a Rebels adaptation, this show. So, yeah, no, well, well, you never know who's going to have the, mo- the most dominant gene, do you? You mean, yeah. you, you don't sometimes, you know, if not a brunette and a ginger gets together, quite often you end up with ginger, <laughs> ginger hair, don't offspring end up with ginger hair, don't they? So I swear, for, my, for instance, I swear, if my daughter's born and she's ginger, I'm giving her away. So it's Beth naturally ginger. No, but things are not naturally ginger, but her hair's quite, it's quite light. So I'm just worried that it's going to mix because I've dark hair. She has my hair. I swear. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, if, it, if it comes out ginger, I'm just, I'm just not taking any notice of it. So yeah, what we've learned is. Hera's son is only partly clean and Reese has a bias against genders. So <laughs> not a bias, it's a deep rooted hatred. Well, no wonder no wonder you got given me such an attitude because gingers are associated with Scottish people, even though I am not ginger myself. <laughs> nah, you dye your hair. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm using the same brand of hair dye that Vince is clearly using. <laughs> No, no man don't. in his late seventies has hair that naturally dark. Don't, oh. don't, don't knock dying hair. It won't be long before I have to break out the just for man, probably. Oh, I am, I'm, I'm what, thirteen years younger than you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My hair is make fifty percent grey, fifty, fifty-five, fifty-five, yeah, fifty-five percent grey. Really? Oh, mate. So, if you if you look on if you look on my Facebook, you'll see that. My hair was actually quite grey, and bef- and I, I, I've, I've attributed this to something here because two years ago, my yeah. hair was jet Brown black. Brown is brown. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was jet black. <laughs> and two years later, my hair is—I'm basically like a badger. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of the 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 cause of my hair going that colour. What there's, a, changed, there's a what common denominator somewhere, but what's happened in the last two years of uh, 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 in my life? It's caused my head to go grey. Hmm. I think it's bad now. Wait till the little one comes along. Oh fucking! I'm I'm gonna make gonna fall out. I'm gonna be bald. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting grey, quite a few grey hairs on the top of my head as well. Like especially prominent when my hair grows out a bit. And you can see it on the top. I think it's partly a stress thing. And also, I think my dad started going a bit grey when he was uh, in his late 20s, early 30s. So mm, Some people do, yeah. yeah. A mix of genetics and fucking stress, so. I fucking hate it. I do, honestly. I get the grey one in my beard, but that's about it at the moment. Luckily. Oh, no, see, my, be- my beard's quite okay. My beard is, I see, my see my beard is it's, uh, brown and ginger. And I hate my I hate my beard, and <laughs> I can't shave my beard. And then I'm not. We're not going to talk down there. But when they start going grey, I think that's when life is over. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Well, well I'm, I turned 27 in a week, and I've already got grey hair. So nice to know that my life doesn't mean anything from this point onwards. <laughs> um, you're turning to oh, I hate you. You finished. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, again. Closer to 30 than I am 20. Life is downhill from here. Oh, shut up, mate. I'm 32 years past 50 next week. <laughs> well, not I'll be quite, honest, but I'm, I'm hurtling towards 50, a lot faster than I'd like to be. 
I don't don't even, uh, how how quick time has gone. It just baffles me. Toby was three years ago. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I didn't realise you were in your thirties. Honestly, I mean, I thought you were just born with the face of a forty-year-old man, and you were just going to grow into it slowly. No, I didn't think you. I didn't think you were thirty yet either. I'm not thirty. I'm thirty soon. I'm thirteen. Two years, eighteen months. I'm thirty. Oh, 30 soon. I thought you was. I thought you said you were thirty-two. No, no, no. See, see, Beth, Beth hates it because she's thirty this year. And ah. um, yeah, I, I, I call her Savile all the time. <laughs> well. When you get to your to you got yourself a cougar. Yep, I have. <laughs> Please never make that noise again. I nearly spat my drink out, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop that. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to bring the tone of the podcast, uh, but just to say, the only way any of us are going to be considered young from this point onwards is if we die. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> we get a, we get a, speaking of dying, we get a standoff with uh, Marek and Shen versus <laughs> versus Ahsoka and Sabine, and like you said, despite being told to stay together, they split up again. It's like a horror movie; you'd never split up. You never say "I'll be right back." Have you never seen Scream? But it's Marek versus versus uh, Ahsoka and Shen versus Sabine, and Sabine's whole thing is run after her into an obvious trap and just shoot at the woman wielding a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, and also, Marek is clearly not Starkiller because of I mean, how I he's <laughs> I've I mean, got, I I've, I have got a question. I have got a question though. What on earth is that black shit that comes out of him? I I have a feeling that, well, because I thought it was weird. There was another like force user with a red light zero when the whole thing was you know Balin and even though they're not Jedi, not fully Sith. You know, the whole thing is no master and apprentice rule of two and all that. So I felt it was weird they had a third person. So I think that something to do with Morgan Ellsworth and her night sister origins. Of yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was wondering whether he's been reanimated in in some way or something. But he, he was classed. He was called the last Inquisitor. That's what he's been dubbed as. So maybe that will have something to do with it. But yeah, it was just. It just basically, he had a Voldemort death just turned to dust. I mean, if Pretty I was watching, it. I mean, from it's like when watching Supernatural, it's like, like a demon being expelled from him or something. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Hey, yeah. What a reference. Well done, Kyle. But if if you talk about the the, the Night Sister though, um, if you play for I think it was Fallen Order, I think it was they when they animated green. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's something to do with it or the fact that they just want to move away from that to keep it. You know the black dust coming for him, but yeah, it was a very, very anticlimactic death I found for him. Mm-hmm. I really think it's just a case of oh, here's an extra person in a mask. So yeah, he is a bit of he is a bit of a nothing character, but everyone's because he's wearing a mask. Everyone started speculating and made him more than he's meant to be. So yeah. I think that's a little bit on on us really. Is perhaps letting our Fan theories get away with us. But, but I think most of the theories around it probably would have made sense post the reveal. Like Starkill, as you said, like would have been like, had they been depowered immensely after if you played the fucking Force Unleashed mm. games. Ezra would, would see, was another theory, but then you want you had to tell them how the hell did he get back and Thrawn didn't. And then yeah. the other theory of Barris Offi also didn't make sense given that you know, not just some gender or anything, but Balin clearly said in episode two, Mark will complete his task. Yeah, no, what they should have done, yeah, 
easy. There was a way they, they could have had Ahsoka cut his mask, hmm. and then you could just reveal the face. It could be safe. It was Sam Witwer. And you see his eyes go, like, oh, okay, yeah, that's Starkiller, and then just dies. But, hmm. um, yeah, it was, a, was a very, just for me, a very anticlimactic death. And so, I mean, I know how good Ahsoka is with a lightsaber, which might look very easy. But um, mm-hmm. one thing that got me as well, because obviously we'll get into the the, 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 the the battle later on, is why was she not using her other lightsaber? Yeah, yeah not... I wondered that as well. There's it's a bit of an odd choice. Mm-hmm. Maybe when she finally beats him, she used both. I don't know. It might make Hopefully it'll make sense at some point. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering that myself recently, and I've really not been able to think of her. I mean, like, she'll take out droids willy-nilly with two lightsabers but she's able to defeat Marek with one and then she fights Balin later on with, with just one but yeah. I think they just inserted him because I, I don't think they I think they wanted to hold off on a, a first like, lightsaber duel with Balin's character and I think they didn't want to overuse like Shin having her like take on those two two on one so well, they kind of inserted could... this other character mm, well it could be because I've worked out Ahsoka's probably around my age in timeline so perhaps she just forgot she's got another one <laughs> I will say that though, because you you look at it. I know it's animated, but look how quick Ahsoka is in uh, animated. And then you look at it when she's live action. She's she you there going, oh no, this is slow. She's so slow. What happens with old age? Why have they done this to Rosario Dawson? The poor, the horrible people. But there you go. we have seen Ahsoka take out Inquisitors fairly easy before. You know, there was that episode of Tales mm. of a Jedi where she easily did it without even using her own lightsaber. So she easily takes him out. Uh, Shin, uh, well, Sabine has a fight with, with Shin and she uses, she's a, fares a bit better, but then she's not to the ground. She tries to use the Force. <laughs> I love that Shin, Shin obviously doesn't know that she's not Force then, so and, and initially flinches without realising, like, wait a minute, you don't know the Force. Yeah, I, I, I laughed. <laughs> I, I laughed out of embarrassment. I went, oh, you poor soul. Unless yeah. she was luring her in because she does mm. use a blaster from, from, on a, you know, from on a suit. Which is what I was getting at before. When she sort of combines what she can do with a lightsaber with uh, Mandalorian skills and tech, she, 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 has, she is quite a formidable opponent. Yeah, but she got her ass to her there. And then Shin sort of Batmaned her way away. <laughs> she, she managed to, like, yeah, like disappear. And I, I thought she may have been luring as well because I think, you know, she couldn't move a cup in the last episode. I'd like to think that Sabine's a bit smarter than that to know that the Force isn't going to suddenly appear here. And if it was any other show, then yeah, she would have all of a sudden known how to use the Force in this one moment when she really needs it. But I'm happy that again it's still taking her time if she ever even. Mm. Learns how to use it. I know there was a point during the fight where they cut it pans it there in the background and the foreground, and you see like uh, Sabine's Mandalorian helmet, which was knocked off earlier on, just lying there in the ground. The camera really focuses on it. I'm sure there's some symbolism in there, but I can't think of it. So, if you know it, my answer's on a postcard. No, I reckon what's going to happen is Ahsoka's going to go back and she thinks Sabine's dead when she finds the helmet. Mm. That, that could be a. Well, possibly, but she did worry that she was dead when she saw Shin, didn't she? Because yeah. she's like, yeah, they oh, already did that. Sabine. Or so, if Hera finds it, if Hera finds the helmet. Yeah, maybe, she... maybe, yeah. yeah. Essentially, 
So yeah, then we have Ahsoka, you know, trying to stop uh, Bailey. Bailey's usually watching over the map while uh, Morgan Elsa goes back up to the ship to ensure that everything goes smoothly. And we get some of the dialogue from the trailers where he says, you know, Anakin spoke highly of you. You know, everyone in the Order knew Anakin, but few would live to see what he became. And basically, Ahsoka, like, Lothar Balin, like, knows what he's going to do, but doesn't always seem happy about it, but he's doing it because he knows he, like he said, it's for a greater purpose. And then, like, when Ahsoka takes her lightsaber, he goes, how inevitable, and he uh, ignites his lightsaber. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to kill you, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of thinks what he's doing is for the for the right reasons. Perhaps he believes Thrawn can sort of bring order to the chaos or or something. Because he just mentioned yeah. like for the greater good at, at one point as well. Which are the best villains? Villains who think what they're doing is for the right reason. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think he's. I, I, I think he's been my favourite character so far in the show. I think he's he's very calm. He's he know he knows what as Carlson he knows what he's doing. The fact is he's doing it for the greater good. He's very I would say he's conflicted because he's not like he's fighting himself. I think this is a man that's in touch with what he wants. And he has a goal, he's gonna see his goal performed. It doesn't matter who gets in his way, he's gonna go through them. And I like I like I like what I said talking about Anakin and Ahsoka, touch on that relationship. And I, this is one of the questions. Um, I think I can ask it now, yeah. Uh, I've asked Carl this. I'll ask you, Scott. How much blame can be laid at Ahsoka for Anakin turning? And would he have turned if she didn't leave him? I think what they tried to say in the Clone Wars is part of Anakin's like disillusion with the Jedi Order. Because like, obviously he was pissed off and the Avengers said that he wasn't granted Master, but they tried to imply that Anakin was further angry at the Jedi for basically the way that they kind of almost forced Ahsoka out because she left, not because they thought she was guilty, but how easily people thought she was guilty even when she was cleared. So, and then I think there was that moment in the finale, like the final two episodes, where uh, Maul tells her like, what Sidious's plan is, but Ahsoka doesn't believe him, but she has a chance to tell the council about it. Whether or not that would have stopped, I don't know. But I think it's the case of that. She's, she's constantly in that what if sort of stage, or what if she'd stayed, what if she'd told the council yeah. what she'd been told. So I think it's that kind of what if thing. So even if we don't think she can be blamed for it, I think, you know, the fact that she didn't do what she could have done, like she'll never know if it did make a difference. Yeah, because no, I, I, I asked Carly, and, and Carl's answer is very, like, very similar. I think she has. It's a, it is the downside of the Clone Wars coming after Episode 3. Mm. Because if the Clone Wars came in between that then mm. and it introduced uh, Ahsoka in Episode 3, I think that, that we could have had a more definitive answer. But the fact it came after and then we learned about Ahsoka Tano and you've got to try and figure that into Episode 3 and his turn. Yeah, mm. yeah I if, if, that, if that was the order, then I think Ahsoka could be blamed quite a lot for what she did to him. But she's left mm. him the way that everybody leaves him. Um, but obviously, not of there was no foretelling that she left him that he would become what he became, yeah. And but she does sort of, I mean, in the, the sort of later series, she does sort of come back to help bring in Darth Maul and he hands her, her lightsabers, which he'd upgraded for her, but and they were sort of separated by having you know by different missions and going on separate paths, like. 
she went out to try and find more with the um, Mandalorians uh, and whatnot, didn't she? And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe if she had believed Darth Maul, and I think a little bit deep down inside, I must have known he was telling the truth, but uh, she didn't want to believe it. No, my yeah. my favorite my favorite bits concerning Ahsoka and uh, and Anakin slash Vader is that last two minutes of Clone Wars where there's no dialogue, it's just music. Vader picks up Ahsoka's lightsaber, mm. and I think that was the last bit of Anakin dying with Ahsoka. Yeah. I think yeah. he, he picks up, she's he, he's he's either, I think at that point he thinks she's dead, and that's he, he's all on his own. And then the second one is when he fights her. Uh, I think was that Rebels. He has he fights her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. It, yeah. She she slashes his helmet and she sees him. And but uh, what I like about that there was the no, comparing it to the Obi Wan and um, the Obi Wan fighting Vader when he slices his helmet and the red and the blue flashes between um, Anakin and Vader. There was none of that with that one, and it was just, I think it was just pure Vader. There was no Anakin there at that point because I think he sees her and he's like, you've let me believe that you were dead sort of thing and I'm just going to kill you. Yeah, and I think I love one of the things I love about Vader, both in like, the, we've seen it in animation with Kenobi and we saw it in the original trilogy as well, how he talks about Anakin Skywalker as a completely different person. That's not who he yeah. is. Like, and he mentions that Luke is alive and I think both he and the Emperor know that he's his son, but he just says the son of Skywalker. He doesn't think of himself as Anakin anymore. He even says as much in Return of the Jedi. And I think it's an interesting point that you've brought up, Reese. But I do think you know not to get too far ahead of ourselves, even though you've listened to us, you've you've watched the episode already. You know what happens. But I think what is being set up for next episode by the ending of this episode is going to address a lot of the issues that you brought up just then. Yeah, yeah, I have heard rumours that that will be the case as well. So that's going to be quite interesting. Another question though, um, it's why does he come back as Anakin Skywalker as a younger person, as a Force ghost? But it's always baffled me. I don't get it because he and Christensen is more recognisable. <laughs> but no, I get, them, I get them at the same time. Look at it though. He it, let, let's suppose Anakin is Anakin gets what ninety percent of his body burnt. He gets. His arms and legs cut off. I think it would be better if he came back as an incarnation of Vader, but not Vader, if you get what I mean. Like, if he's, if he's Vader without the, the mask. And maybe, like, being a Force Ghost works a bit like the Matrix, where you sort of can sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Project yourself. Project yourself as you see yourself... And how how you want to be, so to speak. Okay, okay. Because it, it, it kind of works with his age now, because Hayden Christian's about the same age as me, and Vader would have been mid forties when when he died. So, yeah. No, so it, 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 that was just one thing that always got me. Is why does he come back as as Anakin Skywalker, as pre being mutilated by Obi Wan? Yeah, you're not the only one. A lot of people have said that. Whether that whether that gets addressed at some point, I don't know. But yeah, it it, it makes more 
It doesn't make more sense that it's Hayden Christian now. They need to yeah. find a way to superimpose his his faith onto the the end of Return of the Jedi, just to make it all seamless. Yeah, when honestly, when I heard Hey Snips, oh mm. man. <laughs> let's uh, let's steady ourselves there, gentlemen. Well, you got to go back to. Yeah, yeah, we, have, we have this duel. We have this duel. It's very, like you said, slow to start off with. We don't need anyone trying to like rush in. But there was a really tense moment where they battle towards the edge of the cliff, and you know, Shin returns, and Ahsoka, despite talking about attachments earlier on, you see her attachment to Sabine here when she, you know, you can definitely see a change in her when she thinks Sabine's been killed. Yeah. And yeah. then Sabine does show up, and they have a moment where they stop temporarily stop the bridge, the like spaceport thing from opening. And Sabine's going to shoot it, and she's ordered to destroy it, and she, she's had to make that difficult decision, but she can't. And as Calum Kaelic did as as Balin has been at this point, you definitely see a change in his demeanor and a rage in his eyes when he has that swipe towards Ahsoka, which knocks her off the cliff, and then goes right back to being Calum Balin when he tries to convince Sabine, basically, like, we can get what we want, and you can get Ezra back. So basically, giving her his word that he will, that, you know, she can get what she wants, but you know, just let, let, let us do what we want to do. The thing, the thing that concerns me, though, she did try and blast that thing like she's doing. She'd probably blast her arm off as well. <laughs> oh, we can dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the bit with Shen when she talked her, but then again, a little bit of a callback to to original trilogy. He says he tells her, to, he says, "Release her." I know I gave my word. My word is as good as my bond. And then. As soon as they get confirmation that they're going to be collected by Elspeth and that the, the portal's going to be open, they have a way through, he immediately blasts his lightsaber through the map so that no one else can memorize it and no one can follow them. So then they, they take her back up to back up to their ship and they, the, uh, Hera and her fleet do arrive. Uh, they're referred to as Phoenix Squadron. Uh, Captain Carson Teva, played by Paul yeah. Sung from Lee, from Mando, and I believe he was going to be in that now ill-forgotten uh, mm, spin-off that mm, they had to, mm, they had to mm. cancel because Gina Carano got cancelled. Uh, uh, so he's in here along with a group of, of fighters, and you do get that that line from the trailer, the once a rebel, always a rebel. But unfortunately, they're too late because Morgan Elsa just tells them to blast off anyway because so they're too late to help them. Uh, I do like that Jason gets a... He, Jason gets to do the classic Star Wars line, I have a bad feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then we have the point where we, I'm sure we all want to talk about the point where I, I thought was going to happen, we all hoped would happen in this episode where so we already know what happened to us. So, okay, you know, it's her show, she's not going to get killed off. You know, that's even more of a, a cert than Sabine probably not getting killed off in the first episode. But she wakes up in what is clearly you know, the world between worlds from, from the ending of Rebels. And you hear the line you said, yeah, hey, snips, which is quite quiet at first, but there's an echo, and you can clearly hear who it is. And he said, I wasn't expecting to see you so soon. You turn around, it's Anakin, and pretty much a similar guard than what he would have worn when he's wearing his Jedi robes in, in episode three. And he kind of has his smile on his face, and it cuts there, setting you up nicely for episode five, where if you didn't watch Clone Wars, I think you'll get some. Back, more backstory, kind of similar to that episode of Kenobi where it kicked in between what was happening in the show and the flashback scene of a training session between Anakin and Obi-Wan. I think, you know, you talk about you know, getting emotional this scene. 
Dave Filoni, you know, Ahsoka and Clone Wars and everything, always super genius. So that was his baby, and this show is his baby. Dave Filoni is at the directing helm for next week's episode, so wow, all the heart, the heart things are going to get tugged yeah. at. Some I, I think it's going to be more of, um, as you say, a backstory kind of episode between Anakin and Ahsoka, where perhaps we won't see much development in the actual plot until. Mm-hmm. The um, episode six. I don't think we're going to get a huge amount of Thrawn because I think they want him to be a, an overarching big bad for future projects. So he's not going to mm-hmm. come back and get defeated. So he's going to he's going to be left as um, I don't know, you know, overarching villain, so so to speak. I love yeah. Thrawn. I love Thrawn so mm. much. Just mm. he's so. I think it's about Lars Mikkelsen's an absolute perfect person to play Thrawn. His voice when he when he um, all I've seen with Thrawn uh, bit wise is when he they get the artifact and he's he's ready to destroy it. They go why did why do you want to destroy this for? He wants to learn about other races. Um, he is the only alien as well um, in the Empire to actually rise on the ranks because Palpatine was a massive xenophobe. Really, not. Not, not even like taking, not even taking the piss there. No, generally he's the only one that isn't a human mm. that actually rises quite high. Because if you look at, if you look at the, yeah, he's five, right, yeah. If you look at four, five, six, they're all they're all human. Whereas Thrawn is the only alien that actually rises quite high, and Palpatine respects him because of his basically his no bullshit attitude that he's got. He's very intelligent, hasn't he? He's got this like calm, sort of yeah. measured approach about him, hasn't he? Yeah, but I, yes, but I, I just I was so happy just to just as I said, we hear the word, we just hear him say "hello, snips," and mm. it was the, it was what I was waiting for. It was just those two words, and obviously, you know, would he call us? Would he call us snips? Would he still mm. do it? And he did, and of course yeah. he would. It was yeah. just ah, uh, it was ma- it was ma- wonderful, and the fact that as Scotty just said though. Falone is going to be directing that episode. Oh, I'm ready to cry. <laughs> I think even before, because I think I, we knew that Christensen was going to cameo in some way in this show. And when I looked ahead to the episode list and I seen Falone was directing it, something, like, something to do with her and Anakin, something to do with Ahsoka's backstory, something big is going to happen in that episode just because he's involved in it. Because, you know, there's a good reason that he directed the episode where she was introduced to Mando because obviously he understands the character probably better than anyone. And it was going to further set up this show down the line. So anything, if the Filoni's involved with it and involves Ahsoka, something major is going to happen. Uh, so I figured out. And I think it'll be good for fans of the Clone Wars next week to get for the development of this relationship and actually get to see Hayden Christensen interact with Ahsoka. Because, Carl, we talked about how great it would have been if we could have got Ahsoka in the, in the prequels policy that we never managed to get that. And yeah. it'll also also be great to help catch up and bring people up to speed who didn't watch it and give them a bit more of an idea because Ahsoka does seem very hesitant about a lot of things and you know obviously she everything that she's been through through different multiple wars and everything has made her a bit more but more cynical I think you'll get mm. a better understanding of why because if you don't know what she's been through up until this point and then like stuff like Comor you just watch Ahsoka through this and you might think Jesus she's a bit of a moody bastard. There's a reason why she was a moody bastard, though. I mean, you look at it, yeah. and people go on about, oh, um, she betrayed Anakin. She did, but in the same way, Anakin is the reason why Ahsoka survived this long. 
Because mm. if you if you want to watch back the Clone Wars and see how he trains her, he prepares her for the worst, and then it's because of her, him, he, she survived um, Order sixty six, and also yeah. Captain Rex as well. But it's mainly his training because he, in a way, he did. He was brutal that training exercise that he was doing with her. Yeah, and I think with uh, this episode, I've heard a lot of theories about this. Like during the world between worlds, like. I think some people theorize that maybe he's looking so young here that maybe it's not Anakin when he is a Force Ghost, but it's a different Anakin from a different point in time or whatever. And that because of the world between worlds and like where you can go through this, how you can take you different points in time, will we get some big Star Wars cameos next episode? Just briefly, even if you just hear people's voices, which I'm not going to get too excited about, given that, again, the last day we had about the show was who is Marek, and that turned out to be nothing. Yeah, I just want to hear Samuel Jackson say motherfucker. Not sure you'll get that on Disney, but... uh... (laughs) But but I'm just going to say that... So, the World of Two Worlds. um, So, again, not really big with Rebels. Is that kind of like time travelling? Or is it not? Kind of, yeah. So, can he... So, just, just the thing with it. So... If there's a way it's time travel, is there a way where a circle can just go back and kill Palpatine and nothing bad happens? Possibly. I think it only came up briefly in, in Rebels. And I think the Wars of Between Worlds has to do with like how, why, like, why uh, Ezra and Thrawn are so like far away out of like everyone else's reach. I don't think they wanted a fully like half like make it too big of a thing that they focused on in Rebels because again the more you rely on the world between worlds and time potential of time travel the more you you get questions like oh why didn't they just use this for this reason yeah well, I yeah, think yeah. it is touched upon a little bit because he wondered about saving uh, Kanan didn't he but um, mm-hmm. sort of Ahsoka tells him it's a sort of necessary sacrifice if he didn't do what he did they'd have probably have all died so saving them would probably fuck everything up so. You, you you can't you know you got to be careful what you what you try and do. So how okay so how important is Ezra in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the overall story? Is he the main character in it or not? Kind of is really, isn't he? I would say mm-hmm. so. Yeah, he's pretty much introduced as the main character, but I think the show becomes more of an ensemble piece as it goes on. But like the relationship, especially between him and Kanan, is a big focal point of the show. <laughs> And he does sacrifice himself at the end to make sure Thrawn sort of whisked away by those space whale type things. Which is probably why he's ended up where he is. Oh, the Pugils. I know what they are. As I said, because I've I've watched bits and pieces of Rebels. I've not watched all of it. I know of Ezra. I haven't watched all of it. There's a few, there's quite a few episodes I haven't watched. But I've seen enough enough to, to know what's what. Yeah, because I know, I know, obviously, I know Kang Jarrah sacrificed himself, and it's so cruel the fact that they give him his eyesight just before he dies. That's that was that was mean. <laughs> mm. And then, um, obviously, Hera sees him die. Ezra's got a blaster on his lightsaber, which is really cool. I actually do like that. And that was the first couple of seasons, and then he gets a green one, which I think is the one that Sabine carries now. Oh, okay. And then yeah. who's the... So, if, have you played Fallen Order? I've played no, I'm not play, I've not played the new one. 
So who's so you know the Jaro Tapal dude? Who's that one in Rebels? The purple hairy one. Ah, uh, Zeb. Yeah, I think he randomly cameoed in an episode of Mando, and then and then we haven't seen him since. So I was wondering if he was ever going to pop up in this show because it's not like everyone else from Bloody Rebels is going to be in it. Because I remember when that episode of Mando happened where he appeared, and I went, "Well, that guy looks like looks and sounds like Zeb from Rebels." But online, wait a minute, it is Zeb from Rebels. Okay, because that's the because obviously again I'm not I've, I've said it like three times I'm not big with it so I've known the characters that are in it I just don't know their names and where they've been and all that but um just go, going back to the the, the lots of the battle with um, Balon if I can though for a sec um I, I agree completely with what he said it was more like a slow methodical battle and I like those but lots of battles um but. All I'm keep thinking of this is it's gonna set up to Sabine learning the force at the end of this. She's gonna have like a moment where she learns it and maybe hears Ezra's voice. Mm. Ezra channels the force for her. Possibly. Or it could be a case where maybe if he comes back, he basically takes over and starts teaching her the force, like because a lot of the story through through Rebels was Kanan training Ezra, even though Caden's master died during Order 66 when he was still young, so he wasn't really a perfect teacher. So yeah. then it could come full circle with Ezra now taking on the part of of Sabine's teacher, potentially, but you know. Oh, okay, okay. I, I think that could be the case, but yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to next week now that we got this teaser. I was watching with subtitles on, because I just like having subtitles on sometimes, and like the music change at the end, like it came up in the captions, Vader's theme at the end. <laughs> yes. So I think we may get to see a bit of Anakin, but then we'll also see in that world between others a bit of him as Vader. And again, this will be a lot about her guilt, you know, a bit leaving. I think her experience in he- through here will then motivate her to then go back after Sabine and, and get her back. Yeah. Do you think we see Vader? Possibly. Oh, yeah. I even it's just a, glim- just a glimpse of the of them in the certain here in the breathing, just even that. Will, will we will we see Mr. McGregor? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I think what we see, we'll see Mrs. McGregor's arse again. <laughs> <laughs> but um but no, I yeah, well, I think and I I do think it's the last time we see Hayley Christian as Anakin Skywalker as well. Possibly. Probably. I don't think yeah. I think you've I mean, you, you understand why they brought him back for for uh, Kenobi, uh, but then I think with this one, this is the only other thing you can really justify bringing him back for. Can I come full circle in his his time as Anakin Skywalker? I think if you bring him back for anything else, you re- you run the risk of running that well dry. Yeah, no, but, yeah I think if you're going to bring Hayden Christensen back, it has to be as Darth Vader in a Darth Vader TV show, which needs to be made. Yeah, that would be quite cool. To be fair, yeah, I mean. It, 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 this, I think we said this before. There was so much material they could do with Darth Vader, and it's it's baffled me that they Disney is a they'd rather make a season two of Andor, which is bollocks. In they won't oh, make. Don't get me started. I fucking hate Andor, but they won't make a TV show regarding their the most popular, most well known character. Baffles me. No, maybe maybe the. Do something. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, we can. We can only hope. But everything like you said, a lot of material, even like picking and choosing stuff from 
stuff that's no longer considered canon anymore. Because, I mean, that's what they did with Thrawn, bringing him back in from canon. And there's all sorts of books and comics I don't think are even canon anymore that you can you can build from. But, again, you, you know, choose wisely because, again, you might run the risk of wearing that well dry. But, yeah, I mean, we're halfway through the show. Like, episodes, I think, are getting better as this is going on. And so... I think I think it's fair to say we have high expectations for what's going to come next episode and uh, have the hankies ready. Yeah, yeah. I I think the fact is that if it's Anakin's now in it and you get finally it's a live adaptation of Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. And also, can I just say as well, Rosario Dawson's the perfect cast for Ahsoka as well. Hundred oh, percent. Absolutely fantastic. Well, it's a part she wanted. She, you know, she she actively hustled to to play to play this character. So, you know, she she knows the character and cares about the character, which helps. Which is what you want. It's like you go with some random person that just doesn't care; they're just going to do it. Mm. Whereas it's a person who cares about the role, and she plays it while she plays uh, Ahsoka, this battle-hardened loner, and she does it perfectly. Mm. I mean, I think the casting across the board on this show has been really spot on. I think you, yeah. you knew that Filoni wasn't going to give the part of Ahsoka just to just anybody, because also again, like this is his baby. And, I mean, I mean, I think George Lucas jointly came up with the idea for the character, but he's the one who flushed it out and everything and made people care about her. And you know, a lot of people say with uh, with Filoni and the Clone Wars and everything, he that he retroactively made the prequels better. I think when you see the relationship mm-hmm. between these two, he's this is what he's doing. I think you've seen what they're teasing with the with Thrawn and everything about how they're teasing. They're, this is how the First Order came to power in the sequel trilogy. I think a lot of people said that John Favreau and Dave Filoni are actively trying to do the same thing for the sequel trilogy. Yeah, but they're making a film about Ray, so they've completely ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> well, lads, I think we've we've expressed a lot of thoughts. You know, we've We've had our own, we've had fun here. We've we've shared our thoughts, our feelings, but mm. now it's time to share our ratings for this episode. As the guest, well, as a, as not usual member of Podnane, easy here. Please, you can go first. What out of ten would you give this episode? Um, the episode, I'd give it a seven, but the ending's a ten. Interesting, Carl. What your your rating out of ten? Uh, I'd give it probably a nine. I think I'm also going to go the nine. I mean, it took a, I'd say it went right into eight. it. I mean, we did. Give it eight. I'm sorry. I'll give it eight. I'm sorry. I was being mean. As <laughs> uh, is your one. But we, I'd give it a nine as well. Yeah, of course, you, you can't go straight into it. You'd have all set up where they did tease that a difficult decision would have to be made, and then they paid that off later on. So, and I don't say, yeah, the ending is absolutely superb. <laughs> and uh, mm. again, high expectations for what's going to happen. And when I say recent, you have had tissues ready. I don't mean for when you get another shot of Hera's arse, you dirty bastard. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Keep I, was your mind for that ge- I was waiting for that joke. Wow. Wow. No, I, d- I don't know. I'm not going to tear over a person's arse. Jesus. <laughs> I can control myself. Thank you. Hayden heard... Christensen's arse, though. I don't know what happened to. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I guarantee there's going to be some tears next week. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to talk to you two about it. Yeah, yeah so we're going to do it. 
they do our best to get Reese on the remaining episodes of Ahsoka and try and get them out to you as soon as possible because we are three very opinionated people. I don't know if you could tell that yet. <laughs> no. By the way, when are we doing our boys podcast? Probably been asking you about that for ages. I I asked you to. Don't, don't you dare come at me, sir. No, excuse me, Mister. Looking trying to start a family. You selfish bastard. Well, we probably won't do a football pod next week because it's internationals. So I'll, I'll probably have a window next week to to squeeze another okay. one in. I'm down. I'm down. Squeeze another one in, Carl. You dirty boy. That torture's always a few Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I can't wait to do because um, Gen X coming out. So that I think it'll be a good thing to do around Gen X. As oh well, shit! So. Yeah, I forgot about that. I think it's like end of the month, end of September. Mm. It's coming out. So we can we can we can bullshit it and we can we can spin it and say we we purposely held this out to be more chill, but go more closer to the release date. That's what yeah. we did. We definitely that was definitely <laughs> our plan all along. Yeah, yeah. It should, it should be season four. No one cares about Gen X. It should be season four. But anyway, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> Les, I'm sure you've all got stuff going on here at Rogue Opinions. Reese, I'll let you go first. Any plugs that you have, feel free. Um, th- no, I I don't, I'm, I'm not doing much at the moment, it's quite sad. Um, <laughs> but no, you can follow me on uh Pornhub at Arsenal's 95 because or X as it's called in the in the terms because oh, it's getting so bad that app. Um, no, I've, I'm genuinely not doing much these days with podcasts, I'm getting quite sad. I need, I think I need to have a, a think about what I want to do. I think you have a sit down and have a long think about your life. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is about to end come around November time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Carl, what have you got going on? Are you living a more fulfilled podcasting life than, than uh, Well, the, about the same because if you want to hear me and Reese argue with Liam about the wonders of VAR, um, you can ch- tune into our latest football podcast. Um, oh, Nathan the died. Yeah, Nathan died. And Nathan, Nathan sadly passed away. Oh, and you can find news. me. That was news to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, we killed him off because um, we yeah. just don't want to talk to him anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Understandable, completely understandable. Yeah. Well, what about you, Scott? What have you been doing podcasting wise? Tell us, tell us, well, tell everybody. Well, I think I'm glad you told me. I really want to ask you guys so I could t- say myself what I was up to. I don't really care what you're <laughs> up to. But... <laughs> oh, it all comes out now. <laughs> You can follow Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter and time. You can follow me at Scott McLean 1986. Uh, here on Rogue Opinions, other than this, I've got a brand new episode coming out this week of No Dogs Bar with my good friend David Campbell, whose first ever feature film, 10 Reasons Not to Make a Movie, is coming to Amazon Prime on the 15th of September. So he and I had a long old chat about that and some other stuff he and I have done in the past. I'm in the film for 30 seconds as an extra, so... But that's not selling point. I don't know what is, but go, what check the film out. Awesome. <laughs> check the film out. It, it's very funny. I've seen a screening of the film like a year ago. It's worth your time. Uh, also, in the podcast world, Scott and Paul's round podcast still trundles along. Uh, we have 
Uh, I'm also available on Eat Sleep Soup Edge Retreat this week. I did a new episode of my New Japan show, East Meets West. Uh, so if you're into your Japanese wrestling, if you're a nerd like me, then go ahead and check that out. And Eat Sleep Soup Edge Retreat, I pop up there talking wrestling every so often over there. But not as busy as I usually am. This is definitely not the third show I've done in, in this week already. It's only Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've done, I mean, Carl, I've done two. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot for us, too. Yeah. This are you, Carl. I mean, you're not as young as you used to be. Jesus, you need a rest now. I do. Here we go. The last time I did two in a row was like three years ago. So. Yeah, you know what they oh. say. Podcasting is not easy, especially doing multiple ones back, back to back. <laughs> oh. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.